Welcome to Immigration Nerds. As the global economic trend continues to shift from a credential-based hiring system to skill-based, many companies are beginning to hire highly qualified employees who happen to gain their experience outside of a formal education institution. However, possessing a bachelor or master's degree is one of the hallmark requirements for obtaining an H-1B visa. Erickson Immigration Group attorneys Khan Vansavan and Xavier Francis considers the future implications of this hiring trend in relation to USCIS's standards and how companies may navigate this potential roadblock. I'm Ian Gaines. Come join us Beyond Borders. The employers just need to be aware um, that if they start not requiring a bachelor's degree or a master's degree for a position, that it can complicate matters and make things more difficult when they f- try to file an H-1B petition. Because to qualify for an H-1B position, you one of the elements is that the employer normally requires a bachelor's degree, a specific bachelor's degree, as minimum entry into the field. And furthermore, another element of the H-1B position is, is it common in the industry? So to prove this, employers usually submit other job advertisements from other employers that are similar to that employer uh, to confirm that a bachelor's degree is common for that position. Khan, I think you made a very excellent point. I'd just like to add that there does exist sort of a dualistic relationship with regards to the H-1B visa, right? So on the one hand, the, the, the position usually must require a bachelor's degree, its equivalent or higher. Let's just say a bachelor's plus. On the other hand, the beneficiary must have a bachelor's degree plus. So there are two elements, right? Now, when one of the fundamental elements is missing, in this case, the position no longer requires a bachelor's degree, it it becomes increasingly difficult to convince USCIS that the position is indeed a specialty occupation if that core element is missing. Let's just use an easy example. Let's just say company X wants to hire a software engineer in Silicon Valley. Let's just say company X advertised for the position continuously throughout the year Mm -hmm. and just requires 10 years experience for the position, but does not list a bachelor's or a master's degree in computer science. Mm -hmm. What we've been seeing recently is the USAS has been challenging even standard positions such as software engineers and issuing requests for evidence, RFEs, uh, to show for for the employer to show that uh, a bachelor's de- a bachelor's degree at minimum is required for the position a bachelor's degree in computer science typically or information technology so one of the ways that employers show that it's it's typical and it's required is they submit uh job postings that they post uh, that they advertise for so company mm-hmm. x would advertise that say Software engineer one requires a bachelor's degree in computer science. Now, if obviously if they no longer put out those type of advertisements based on this Glassdoor report, then they won't be able to satisfy this specific requirement. So one of the main questions that I wanted to ask is with this sort of recent technical change from tech companies hiring employees that don't have you know bachelor's degrees and master's degrees, is the USCIS taking steps? into uh, modifying their, their requirements 
because of this trend? No, not at all. Actually, they're going the opposite direction. Even according to the most recent USAS policy update regarding the H-1B cap, they're actually switching around the uh, bachelor's and master's cap around. Uh, so the master's cap would be done first instead of the bachelor's cap. So basically it means that a master's degree would have a higher percentage chance of getting selected in the cap. Uh, furthermore, um, regarding their adjudication trends, um, if you have a master's degree as opposed to a bachelor's degree, the USCIS tends to give you a little bit more leeway um, and a little bit more flexible in terms of that specific field. So instead of having, uh, let's compare having a bachelor's degree in a electronics field as opposed to having a master's degree in electronics field. In, 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 the, in that case, the USCIS will give you typically give the employee and the employer more wiggle room and they won't issue an RFE in those type of cases as opposed to if it was just a bachelor's degree in electronics. So the USCIS is actually making it more strict and more difficult uh, if you don't have a bachelor's degree in a specific field. Right. Uh, I, I would just add to that um, as well that uh, and according to new data revealed by released by USCIS, um, the, the denial rate for I-129 non-immigrant petitions increased from 16.8% to 22.6% from 2016 to 2018. So if anything, the, it's, it's becoming increasingly difficult, right? So this trend, this although forward thinking, is, is making it increasingly difficult to convince the government that positions are indeed specialty occupation positions. So um, is there any ways that the company can prove that their employer has the necessary skills and that sort of stuff? So for the H-1B position, that's not really a analysis. Typically, you just need you need at least a bachelor's degree as entry into the, the position. So that's like a hard... Thing. That's Yeah. So, I mean, there is technically a... If you had... Um, they do the three years experience for one year of education. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you had, for instance, six years of experience as a software engineer, that could be equivalent to two years of education and get you the equivalent to what they call a bachelor's degree. And, and you have to get a special, you have to get all these letters and get an expert opinion letter mm -hmm. to convince the USS that, um, that you have the equivalent to a, at least a U.S. bachelor's degree in a specific field. Uh, so, but it doesn't, uh, this trend does not help uh, employers. It, it actually hurts them. A, a lot of these positions as well, right? The, nowadays, people can get coding certifications um, for certain positions, and they don't necessarily have to go to school. So they can use experience to some extent, but with the regulations, if, if you're going, if you're going, um, if you're trying to qualify based off experience alone, you need at least 12 years of experience. Most of these people just have two to three years. So it becomes increasingly difficult to, to meet those qualifications. But I mean, this is, I think the center of focus is actually the position because, you know, so there's a beneficiary who has the qualifications and then the position itself must also require at least a bachelor's degree or higher. So if companies are no longer requiring that and it becomes reflected within the organizational structure and the hierarchy and employees increasingly um, no longer have a bachelor's degree or higher, then it, it 
you know, it becomes increasingly difficult to, it, to satisfy. Them. Yeah, just to build on what Xavier's saying is that, like, let's pretend that we're five years down the road and a great majority of employers, uh, tech companies mm-hmm. specifically, do not require um, bachelor's degree or master's degree in any specific field. They just require 10 years experience or more. Then one of the ways that we normally show that someone's qualified for a specialty occupation or that it is a specialty occupation is that other employers in the industry normally requires a bachelor's degree in a specific field. So we won't be able to submit those uh, job postings from the Googles and the IBMs and the Bank of America and the Apple showing that they know, they have a posting for a software engineer that requires at least a bachelor's degree in computer science, maybe two years experience. But now, if we don't have that, it's going to be coming, become extremely difficult. And so now you're almost eliminating two of the elements, two of the four ways we uh, show that a position qualifies for a specialty occupation. Yeah, and even though one of the regulatory regulatory criteria must be met, we, we want to prove all of them, right? So if we are now um, having a, a difficult time proving two, that's a major setback. Uh, I guess you talked about the future implications. And you say like the companies continue to modernize their, their, their hiring and their standards. So I guess this is something that down the road, uh, USCIS is not really looking to uh, modify right now, but it's something to look into in the future as this future, uh, as this trend continues. It's not just the tech industry, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's modernizing in all sorts of fields. Um, and that's only going to continue and become more prevalent. So it's something to uh, keep your eyes on. Yeah, I agree that the H-1B rules have not been changed and 20 plus years there hasn't been any any yeah and so right now they're slowly changing but they're changing and being more and changing for the worse and making it more difficult uh so you know i don't expect any change in the next two years that are going to make anything easier for immigrants um, and non-immigrants but maybe down the line um, they may modernize in a positive way for more content and immigration updates please visit our website at eiglaw.com And make sure to follow us on Twitter at EIG underscore law and our Instagram underscore EIG law to join in the conversation. Thanks for listening. See you next time.